Well, like I said earlier, happy Father's Day. Amen. So we're going to dedicate this whole service today to dads. And today we're not going to beat them up. Every year we come in and talk about how great moms are. And then it comes time for the dads. We kind of let them have it a little bit. And um, there's a reason for that. How many people in here came up without a dad? Look around the room. I grew up without a dad. And I'm going to tell you something. It's tough. Father's Day is a very difficult time of the year. And it's also a very difficult time to preach. Because when you're talking about great dads, you have people in here who didn't have a dad at all. I want to say something about mine. I'm glad he wasn't there. I thank God delivered me. I tried one time when he came to see me to please my dad. And we went to the river. He didn't come see me very often, maybe, maybe once every two or three years. And we lived an hour away, a long ways away, too much to drive. But um, came to see me once. And we went down to Watson's Mill. And I got up on top of the bridge and jumped off in order to impress my dad. Well, he kind of hollered at me because I didn't dive. So I climbed back up on top of the bridge and dove off. That didn't please him either. When he left that day, I thought to myself, I'm glad he's not around. What would it have been like to be raised around somebody who there's no, you can never please them? And so sometimes I think God does things on purpose. So because not everyone in this room had a great experience with their dad, we understand that. At the same time, we're not, gonna, we're not going to ignore the men who have and are great fathers. And that's what we want to focus on today. And young men today need to find out what, it, what it's like to become a great dad. So having said that, I want you to look at the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 1. Now, it'll get a little quiet in here today. Some of this will be a shouter, and some of it you'll just listen. Because there's going to be things that maybe you might want to learn. Amen. We've already begun. I told you that we were going to listen, and you're like, uh-oh. No. No, it'll be all be good. Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you that you may live long on the earth. Why is that scripture in there? It's for your benefit. It's not for your dad. It starts off with this scripture, children, Obey your parents. There comes a time in your life where you are no longer a child. That means there comes a time in your life where you don't have to obey your mom and your daddy. I had a lady one time, 30 years of age, 30 years old. And I said, are you coming to church Sunday? She says, well, my mommy won't let me. I said, excuse me. She said, well, the Bible says obey your parents. I said, sweetheart, you're not a child. You want to go to church, you can go to church. I give you permission. Leave the house. So having said that, there comes a time in our life where we have to quit telling our kids what to do and let them grow up. But at no time in our life as a young man and a young woman are we allowed to dishonor our parents we should remain honorable to them all of their life. All right. Nothing in this says honor your father if he's worthy. I'm going to say something now. I want you all to listen to me. Because of our society today, kids have grown up with an entitlement mentality. Very often the parents are doing everything they can but in the process of time, they are making mistakes because they've never done it before. Raising you, the first one, they, they, they make all the mistakes on you. So after the fifth one or sixth one comes along, then by then you pretty much have a little better handle on what you're doing. All right. But one of the things young people do is they start putting their parents under the microscope and start demanding things that are unrealistic. Your parents and, and your father is going to make more mistakes than he's going to do it right. It's okay. You've got to let him find his way. That has nothing to do 
with you giving him honor. Men need honor because God said they need honor. All right. My earthly dad, I just told you a little bit about him, never came to see me when I was a boy. My mother and father divorced when I was in second grade, going into third. I don't remember my dad except for the one time that I went to the river with him and a couple times maybe at Christmas seeing my dad. Now, when I got older and I got born again, I went to see him. I'm the one that reached out and created a, um, a, tried to build a relationship and fellowship with my dad. I tried to get him to receive Jesus before he died, and I was unable to do so. Somebody had to be the man. Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. But I decided to begin to honor my father because the Bible says, honor your father and mother, that it'll go well with you. If I wanted things to go well with me, I was going to give my earthly father honor. Now, that doesn't mean that you're agreeing with the fact that they were or were not perfect. Many, many, most men are doing the best they know with what they have. The reason, the reason that we, on Mother's Day, we make a big deal out of mom. Because mom was there all the time. Now listen to me because, because there's one thing that I try to do with my wife. And that's to watch chick flicks. I usually make it through one-fourth of them to the end. The other two-thirds, I can't handle the chick flick. I can't, I can't watch stupid for long. It just drives me nuts. And one of the things that I have a problem with is when there is a movie and the, the dad did not make it to the kid's school play and the child is reaming her dad out and crying because you're a bad daddy. You were working and didn't come to my play. The only person that needs to be in your school play is you. Your dad is, should wake up in the morning and go to work and stay at work and put the food on the table and a roof over, the, over your head and be the dad. Because he's not there as much as mom, he has been kind of branded the lesser of the two parents. Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. Nothing could be further from the truth. I know men who work a full-time job, and many of them work a second job just to make ends meet. And those are the kind of men we're going to honor in this place today. Y'all understand that? And you don't, have a, you don't have a right to whine because he didn't come to your school play. You have to look at your children and say, this is not television, sweetie. I'm, I made a commitment to go to work. I went to work. I came home from work. Tell me about your school play. I love you. Show me a video of it. I will not be at the next one either. I'm your dad. But we, we've got to come back to a little bit more common sense and reality on this planet about what a man's role is. And excuse me, but let men be men. Don't try to turn them into your sons, and don't try to turn them into your girlfriends. That's why God gave you girlfriends. Boy, thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. Okay, having said that, I want you to go to Malachi, and we're going to talk about honor for just a moment. Somehow or another, when Mother's Day comes, the cards come, the flowers come, the dinners come. But when Father's Day comes, it's usually a cup of coffee, a donut, and occasionally a tie. With your picture on it. In other words, fathers really don't get a whole lot of uh, much of anything. Kind of, he might get some. He might not get some. Some people don't even bother calling him and say hi. Thank you. I'm glad I have a dad at all. So let me say something to you about dads. You do not have your mama's last name. You have your dad's last name. Because it's the male that gave you life. Your mother did not give you life. 
She gave you the body you're in. If you don't like the way you look, talk to your mom. But the fact that you're breathing on this earth, sucking air, is because a man gave you life and you were created in the image of God. And God is a father. He's not a mother. Amen. I got me an amen corner. I love you, brother. You just fire it up. Let's go. Malachi 1.6. I want to read this to y'all. I want y'all to look at this. A son honors his father, a servant his master, and then I am the father. Where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts to the priest who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way did we despise your name? Well, you offered defiled food on my altar. And you say, well, in what way have we defiled you? You said, the table of the Lord is contemptible. You offer the blind as a sacrifice. Is that not evil? You offer the lame. You're going to go out in the thing and say, well, listen, it's God's day. And listen, find a lamb that's already about half dead anyway. Don't give him the good stuff. That's what God is griping about. About. You're going to bring me a gift. You bring me the best thing you've got in your hurt. I don't want your junk and I don't want your leftovers. So God's getting known to the priest about their, the way they're treating church and the things of God and the giving. There is no honor without gift giving. As a matter of fact, you show me the size of the gift. And I'll show you the size of your love. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story right now. And I, I, I'm not going to tell you the name of the person. There was a lady that came to this church, still does occasionally, as a guest speaker. She was dating a millionaire, multi-millionaire. And he bought her a ring and she had caught wind that he was going to ask her to marry him. She waited until he brought out the ring. She took the ring. He, he says, would you marry me? He, and she opened up the box, and it had an inexpensive ring in it. What does that say to her? Don't shout me down. She closed the box. She gave it back to him, and she said, no, thank you. If your gift to me is a representation of what you think of me, I will not give you me. God so loved you. One more time. God so loved you. He didn't send you no old lame angel. No half-baked, half-dead demon for He gave you the slap absolute best he had he gave you the greatest compliment he he what he paid for you is what he thinks of you now i didn't tell the story in the first service because i'm i don't have much time but i want to tell you all when i when i when i was out in Ramah, i went to the movies and there was a movie there a christian movie at tl osborne's there's an island in the pacific ocean where the men pay a certain amount of animals or stuff when they want to get married. They, they get together, they go to the father and they offer, and they begin to dicker with the dad for the daughter. I'll give you a cow, I'll give you a pig, I'll give you a chicken for her. What, what most people don't know is that in society on this island, the women... Take their worth by what the man paid for them. That's all they talk about. My husband gave a cow for me. You got a pig. And the other one says, all he gave for you was a chicken. And among the women, that's a big deal. There's a man on the island that had a homely, not real pretty daughter. Nobody wanted to marry this girl. Very shy, very timid. And so the old man thought, if I got a chicken, if someone offers me a chicken, I'm going to give her this girl. There was a prince that came from another island and came there looking for a wife. Roamed around the island, looked at the girls, and he saw this girl. And so he's gonna go, he goes into the father's house, 
and he says, I would like to marry your daughter. And the man looks at him and goes, you're either blind or you're crazy. I have the ugliest daughter in this whole village. And he says, no, I would like to marry your daughter. He says, okay. So the man boasts up and says, one cow. Because that's, you know, he's going to get some money out of this girl. And the man said, no, ten. Ten cows, ten pigs, a hundred chickens. The man said, you are out of your mind. He said, no. He said, will you let me have your daughter for that price? He said, absolutely. He said, but you're a fool because I'd have given her to you for a chicken. So the man takes the girl home. One year later, he brings the girl back robed in a beautiful white gown with pearls around her neck and diamonds in her ears. Gorgeous girl. Beautiful girl. The man said, you cheated me. He said, yes, I did. People get their worth by what you, what you, what you pay for them. This is the reason when you get married, a man buys you a ring. Listen to me, boys. Do not go to Walmart and get a ring. Now, I must say something. You might. You might have to work a second job for a while. But I'm going to answer an age-old question. When a man says, would you, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking sex. Say, yeah, baby, I will. When you put a ring on my finger and give me your last name. Are y'all out there? Now, if you love her, if you care that much about her, you go out and you make this worth it. You get a second job, but you get her a ring. I mean, when she opens it up, she needs to fall out of the chair. You need, you need to let her know what she... Are you crying? You are so precious. I'm going to tell you. Is this true? It is true, isn't it? You better believe it's true. The Bible says that men should love their wives. And it starts, it starts there and it doesn't end at the end of the honeymoon. She's given you the greatest thing she has, and that's herself. Let's come back to dads. Your dad is the man, right or wrong. If you had a dad that worked, stayed with mom, and goes to church, you have a good dad. If we could sit today and write the stories of what men have gone through to bring you and raise you, it would astound you because most of them never tell the story of all that they did to keep the home together, the family together, and make sure you were taken care of. It appears as though he was absent, but not in heart. You know, many men in this room have worked even a second job when things get tough. I've had men that go to this church that couldn't get a job in Orlando and drove away and went to another state and worked and only came home on the weekends. It looks like the dad has left. He didn't leave. He's doing everything in his power to keep that child in school and clothed and in a house and safe. That is true. Now, does that mean that every man follows that? Some of them don't go to church? I, I, think, I think with some churches, it's probably smart they didn't go. Church is not the friendliest place on the planet. So let's talk about manhood for just a minute. One of the reasons for that, it's amazing when I started pastoring, how many people tried to take my masculinity away. I didn't stop being a man because I'm a Christian. I didn't stop being a man because I'm a pastor. I ride motorcycles, I shoot guns, and I fart. Come on, men, help me out just a little bit. And I like shoot 'em up movies, and I belch.
I had to wake you up. You guys look like you've fallen asleep. But listen, men make noise. All kinds of noise. I'm not your, I'm not your son. I'm not a girl. I am a man. I'm a man of God. I'm not a girly man of God. I'm a man of God. <laughs> if that bothers you, you got too much religion in you. You have way too much religion. All the men said amen. I remember Mark Hankins telling the story about Kenneth Hagin coming to his church, and he called him and says, Brother Hagin, what do you like to eat? He said, you know, I love fried chicken. He says, well, then we're having fried chicken. There's a time for you to understand that there's people in your life, you're where you are because of them. And if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be here. Brother Hagin, they're spiritual. But um, there are times, like, for instance, Tom Copeland is my spiritual father. Let me tell you something. There's times I call him up on the phone and I say, Tom, where are we going to eat? What do you want to eat? He has this Jewish restaurant. He loves to eat at it. We're not going to eat what I want to eat. We're going to eat what he wants to eat. Because, I wouldn't, I, I, because when I left Ramah, no one gave me a chance but Tom. And even though Tom is not a perfect person, he's not, uh, doesn't have the biggest church in town, that he's the man that God put in my life, and so there will always be honor there. When he wants books, I buy him books, and he steals mine. He keeps them, and I don't ask for them back. But, uh, but till the day he dies, I'll always give him honor. Do you all understand that? It's just a part of life. So occasionally when it's his birthday, I'll call him up, and I'll say, listen, what do you want to do? And take him out and just bless him and honor him and, and just, just, just let him know you have no idea how much I appreciate what you did. And that's exactly what Father's Day is about. I think sometimes Father's Day, you, your dad might change if you actually gave him some honor. I didn't say wait till he's perfect. All right. Psalm 8. Go to Psalm 8. Let's talk about heroes among us now. Why did I... Why did I have everybody dress up like Superman, Spider-Man, Monkey Man, everything else today? I want to read something to you. Verse, chapter 8, verse 4. What is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. You've made him a little lower than, it says angels in the Bible. But it's the word Elohim. If you'll look in the margin over it, it has a little number by that. It'll have the word Elohim, and then it'll make a statement like um, angels is Jewish tradition. But it says that literally the word Elohim means God. You have made man a little lower than God. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him have dominion over the work of your hands and put all things under his feet. Go to the book of James chapter 3, and let's read that before I say anything. James chapter 3. I'll read one more to you. Verse 8 says, No man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God our Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the likeness of God. Man is God's highest creation. That's a powerful statement. Tony is God's highest creation on this planet. The next time you're riding through town and you see a Vietnam vet in a wheelchair with a cup, you may agree or disagree. You may not agree with, with him drinking. You may not agree. But I want you to remember that that's a man. God never made anyone else in his likeness, not a dog, not a cat, not a chicken, not a pig, nothing, except a man. And though we disagree with men, we're never to forget that that male is made in the very image 
of the God of the universe. And he knows it. Think about that for a minute. Some men are trying to still figure it out. They know they're supposed to fly. They know they're supposed to, they know they're superheroes. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. Go over there. Please, please forgive me. I got you bouncing around a little bit, but I'm, I have to make a point. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives of themselves of all they chose. I read articles before about people saying that that's really talking about aliens among us. There must have been aliens here as having sex with women and that's where the giants came from. Listen, you have to quit all the supposition. Adam was called a son of God. Up until the flood, all men were called sons of God. Men today are still sons of God. We are made in the very image and likeness and similitude of Almighty God. Jesus even made a statement to the Pharisees. He says, he says you, you get mad because I said I'm the son of God, but yet the scripture says you're God's. Men know they're designed to conquer. i got something I wrote here, and I want you to listen to this. We are his highest creation. There's no other species in the same class with God except a man. Anytime we have a man that hooks up with God, his creator, he has the potential to be everything God created him to be. Look at Moses. Look at Samson. Look at Joshua and, the, and talking to the sun and making it stand still. Look at David killing a Goliath and ruling a kingdom. Let's look at Elijah who called down fire from heaven. But what about Jesus who walked through crowds, walked on water, fed thousands of people, and could call down a legion of angels? One angel to kill 185,000 men. Here's a man that can call a legion of angels, and you tell me he's not a superhero. He died on the cross, went down in the region of the dam, and you want to talk about a fight? He beat the hell out of every devil in hell and Satan himself and rose from the dead. That's a man. That's a real hero. Because men are made in the image of God, we know we're supposed to be heroes. We know that. Now, now, now listen, listen, as I, listen to this. A real man is both lion and lamb, both warrior and gentleman. One more time. A real man is a lion and a lamb. He's not a lamb and a lamb. You're going to have to quit trying to make him your girlfriend. He's not. Now, now, I want to make another statement about men and their temperaments for just a minute in favor of men. If you have a male with an anger problem, why don't you quit ticking them off? We have one man in the room with enough guts to clap his hands. Instead of sending all of the men to anger management... Why don't we just learn words like, yes, sir, no, sir, and learn to be quiet because he's the head of the house. He doesn't owe you a cell phone. He doesn't owe you a bedroom, and he doesn't owe you your next meal. Shut up, please, sweetheart. Woo, I'm sorry. That got real quiet in here. You're not going to nag him into submission. He's not your son. Let me make another statement to you. Let's just go ahead and get down. Every endeavor on this planet, you will fail. No human 
on this planet has ever done anything right without failing at it more than doing it right. So it is with your husband. So it is with your dad. When he goes out in the world and he is doing his best and he loses his job or he fails, he does not need a sermon when he gets home. You need to cook him dinner, make love to him, and get him ready for tomorrow morning because he's going to get up and he's going to go do it again. Let him be a man. Woo! Men, am I doing okay? I mean, I'm trying to help us. Thomas and Edison found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Lisa has a, we have a thing in our house. I told Lisa, says, if I do a bad sermon, I know it. I don't need you to tell me. Hush. Nagging me will not change me. Boy, y'all never had. And in the meantime, every once in a while, real men say it wrong. If you think Trump's tough, you wait till Jesus comes back. Trump's going to look like a choir boy. We're going to have to stay on this thing a little longer. <laughs> you know what I think happened in America? And people forgot what it was like to be, have a run, country run by a man. And bow his knee to anybody. But he is doing it right. We don't like the way he talks. I bet you like the fact that the unemployment's dropped like crazy. I bet you like the fact that, that we're not worried about North Korea bombing the mud out of everybody anymore. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? See, I don't think that, I think if you guys met Jesus for real, you probably wouldn't like him. He cleaned the temple. He told the Pharisees a thing or two. Maybe we ought to read that every once in a while. You whitewashed bunch of tombstones, you're going to bite hell wide open. <laughs> Woo, man, I got to have a little more help. You know, Lisa's gone this week. Her, um, Lisa has a half-sister. I don't know if y'all know this. Her name's Bonnie, and Bonnie's husband died. And so Lisa had to leave, and she went to the funeral yesterday, and she, she's flying home today. Uh, going to church with her brother and then flying back to the house. But I got, the, you know, listen, we've, I've had steak and... It's been good. If any of your wives kick you out, just come on over. I, we, we, we can, you can hang with me until Lisa comes home. Once Lisa comes home, you got to leave. Every week, 1.2 million men in the army get up and put on a uniform to fight for the nation. 326,000 men put on the, the, a Navy uniform every week. 186,000 Marines wake up every week and put on a uniform. 318,000 in the Air Force and the police, 1.1 million men wake up and put on a uniform. I call these men lion and lambs because the same man that will wake up and take a, a gun and go over to Afghanistan and fight the enemy will come home and tuck his daughter in and read a bedtime story to her. You're talking about a man who's not only a warrior, but he's also a gentleman. He is a lamb, but he's also a lion. I've seen, I've seen pictures of police. It was, I read a story not too long ago about a police who came to a, a, a grocery store where, a, where the, he had to come because a woman had robbed the store. And he, and he grabbed her and put her in the police car and said, what are you doing? She said, I don't have any food. And he says, ma'am. And he let her have it. Took her in there and said, put the food back put her back in the police car, turned around and went in and bought her groceries and took her home. <laughs> the, 
They're not all bad guys. Let me tell you something right now. I've seen pictures of police sitting down and praying with people. I've heard, I've heard Louie talk about, he's told me about people he sat on the side of the road with and talked to them about their walk with God and prayed for them. Yeah, yeah, you just don't push them. They carry a gun, but they also have big hearts. You're not going to change him. You've got to let him be a man. He's going to fail, but you've got to let him do it. Are you all okay? In the revolution, let's talk about men. In the Revolutionary War, 17,000 men died. In the, in the Civil War, 620,000. World War I, 116,000. World War II, between 50 and 80 million. The Korean conflict, 36,000. Vietnam, 58,000. The Middle East, there's been over 10,000. There's over 60 million men have laid down their life so you could sit here today. Amen? Amen. Now, we have one day a year, we honor them and all that. But I'll tell you what would be better. Let's just start honoring them, period. Amen. Now, I want to read to you what a real man is. Well, we got a good time. A real man. A real man is honest, and he doesn't lie. A real man is loyal to his friends and his family. A real man swears to their own hurt and changes not. A real man is faithful to his wife, his children, and his God through the good and through the bad. I'd like to, I said it a while ago and I'll say it again. I'd like to hear the stories of how many men have stuck. We have this idea in America, and it's wrong, that the men are bad and the women are good. I've met some bad women. I've met some good men. When I was going through my divorce, I went and got a book to pray for my wife. It was put out by a faith and word company. And if you get the same book, it's called Prayers That Avail Much. I turned to the section, it says, for the man to pray for his wife. It was a prayer. No, it was a prayer for the man. And it was a prayer to straighten him out. And then I went to the one for the wife, and it was a prayer to straighten him out. And I went, where's the prayer in here for me to pray for my wife when she's not doing right? There are men on the planet who are the heads of their home. There are men that children are in church because of that. There are men that their children ate because of that. There are men that the family went on because of dad. And they stayed true to their principles. Okay, y'all, thank you. And, and, and listen, they're sitting in this room right now. Now, they may not see much. That's why I like Mr. Incredible. Because he's an old fat guy, but he still loves his family, and he's still a superhero. Y'all understand that? Now, maybe you may not understood what I just said. You get the revelation. But I have a hard time relating to, to some 21-year-old buff dude. Never mind. He doesn't. Real men always do the right thing. Always. Real men are brave and courageous, and they do it even if they do it afraid. Real men are not ashamed of the gospel nor Jesus. Real men go to church and read their Bibles and pray. Real men cry at movies. Come on, men, I need a little help right now. What was the last one? Um, I'm, um, the movie about the guy who sang, huh? I only imagine. All right, men, how many of y'all saw the movie and cried like a baby? I did. I cried all the way. I bawled like a baby. <laughs> Lisa will look at me and say, are you crying? I say, yeah. Real men cry. Real men apologize when they're wrong. Real men know how to say, I'm sorry. Not I'm Um, no, I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. 
and don't mess it up. That's enough. No excuses. It's not partly your fault. It's my, you're the man. You know, there's sometimes if there's going to be peace in the house, it's going to be you that makes it. Be man enough to humble yourself. Woo, this is just. Real men love God. Real men love America. Real men stand up for the national anthem and they kneel before God. Real men know what, what, do whatever's necessary to keep a roof over the family's head and food on the table and their children safe. I, I looked up in, the, in a book one time and it says, When a man follows Jesus with all of his heart, 93% of the people in his family will follow him. I want to read something to you because I made a statement a while ago about men failing. If you're a man in here, you have failed and you will fail again. Failure does not define you. All it does is create more character in you. Babe Ruth struck out more than any man that ever stepped up to a baseball bat. And I think that we need to hear that sometimes because when a man messes up, well, he's, he's going to beat himself way more than you are, so you can just leave him alone. But he will get up. He will get up again. And he will go out. If you just encourage him, just leave him alone. Don't nag him, just encourage him. He'll get up. I want to read something to you from um, Teddy Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done him better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again. Because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, great devotion. He spends himself on a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while doing greatly, so that his place will never be with the cold, timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. That's a man. In this room right this minute are great men. And there are heroes that are sitting here among us. We were made... In the image of God. And I think that men in America today are not told this. Every sitcom that's out there today has the children sassing their parents and putting men down. And boys are growing up messed up because society is asking them to stop being males. This may shock you, but I will be a male next week. <laughs> My biggest problem is every once in a while I say darn instead of shoot. Come on, y'all, don't shout me down. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that, that I have to rein me in. Let men be men. And honor them that they are. If you have a dad, and I'm talking about the good ones now, I want you to honor him. I don't, I don't mean just, hey, dad, give him a card and walk out of the room. I mean, how much money did you spend on yourself last week? If, if you're making $100,000 a year, don't you take him to Burger King. Don't you shout me down. Now, I'm not asking you to do this, but I'm going to ask you to think. Mark Hankins bought his dad a brand new pickup truck. And he bought Trina's dad a new pickup truck. And I watch him, how he honors and how he treats those above him. And it's been a testimony to me. It's been a, it's been a challenge to me. 
to watch the way he treats people, especially those that have poured into his life. If my dad was here today, it'd be different than when he was here because I, I know more now than I knew then. But now, very often, you'll see me pack up and go out to Mark Hankins or you'll see me go out to Ramah and I'll take the best offering I can take. Brother Hagen's gone. His son's here. But I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for dad. I know that. I know that everything I am today, that man is the reason why. He, he made a request on, on his last month. Honor my son. I have failed to do that but I will not fail in it anymore. Do y'all see what I'm trying to say? The Bible says, honor to whom honors do. Honor your mother, honor your father, so it'll go well with you. I think this is something that's been missing in this nation. Well, my dad's not perfect. There aren't any. And when you get older, you, if you're a girl, you will not be the best mother in the world. If you're a boy, you won't be the best dad either. I've never told my children the sacrifice I've made there that, so they're where they are today. I've never told them. I probably never will. But I'll tell you this. My family would be in hell if it wasn't for me. That includes my sisters. That includes my children. All of them. I want more than a tie. Do you all understand that? It's not a matter of money. It's a matter of, of, of teaching people respect. Now, let's just say for a minute you had a dad that wasn't honorable. Why don't you honor him anyway? Why don't you treat him well? You know what? You don't know why he turned out the way he did. But you know, God loved you enough to reach down and pick you up when you didn't, there wasn't much in you. But he saw something good. He looked for the good and he took something ugly and made it beautiful. That's all of us in this room. It's not Mother's Day. And let's do that with mom too. How many of you women, I want you to be honest, your children have no idea what you've gone through to keep their home straight. Behind closed door. No idea. And you'll probably never tell them either. I'm going to tell you something. Mother's Day, I think, with the mom, is the biggest day of the year for her. Nothing like slowing down and go, Mom, have I ever told you how much I appreciate everything you've done? You have no idea what those words mean. Let's try them on dad too. Amen? Let me ask you a question. Does this help you a little bit? Yeah. Men, it's okay to be men. Absolutely okay. I told Lisa when we got married, I went, um, I'm a man. You might want to get used to that. I'm not going to do things like all the other guys you know. But I'll let you think about that a while. I've seen a lot of men getting henpecked because they're trying everything in their power to keep peace in their home. Oh, heck, just let the fur fly. That woman might need a little straightening out anyway. And all the men said, Amen. Well, it's quiet in this Baptist church, I'm going to tell you right now. Men, I honor you. And if you're in here today and, you're a, and you work, you stayed with your wife, and you're a Christian, I honor you. God bless you. There are heroes in the earth. And they're sitting right here in this room. 
greatest heroes walking the planet. It ain't Superman, it ain't Batman, and it certainly ain't the Hulk. Amen. Father God, I want to thank you for the opportunity to preach this message. Should have been done a long time ago. There's a lot of things that we need to talk about as far as moms and dads and parents and children are concerned. We've lost something in this nation. We lost it. I don't know where it went. But I grew up reverencing my, my grandparents, my grandmother, my grandfather. I grew up learning to say yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and being respectful to parents and elderly, calling them by their last name, not their first. I grew up in a different world than we are having today. But there's no reason that it should have ever changed. And we can take a hold of the old things and bring them back. I pray that every young man and every young woman in this room right now would grow up learning how to honor their parents and then teach their children to be honorable as they grow up. Father, I pray that if there's a parent in here that's not received the honor, that they would not be upset at their children. It's not something that their children, you can make them give you. But I say to them, thank you. Thank you for staying strong. Thank you. Thank you for doing everything that you needed to do to do it right. To stay, to, to stay on course. That goes for men and women. And Father God, today we're celebrating Father's Day. You are my heavenly father. Not my heavenly mother. You're my heavenly father. That's a father image. That's the image that I want to give my children. I want them to look and, and see Father God in dad. I pray, Father God, we did not spend a lot of time beating up on the men today, nor, nor should we have. But there might be some men in here that do need to make some adjustments if they're not doing the right thing. They're not being the man they need to be. And we'll leave that up to you. They know when they do it wrong. They don't need anybody to, to, to push them and fuss at them. They just need to be encouraged. Get up. Let's go. You're a man. Let's do this. Father, cause us to respect and to love those that are around us, even those who have been disrespectful. Because men are made, all the men on this earth are made in your likeness. And you paid a high price at Calvary for us. I pray that we would bring honor back. I'm going to close with this because, Father, we have thought it was okay to trash a president out. I don't know what happened in this nation where it thought it could just start trashing people and authority out. It's never happened in this nation before. It has never happened. Even if we disagree, I pray that we would return to honoring those that are in authority and respect. And Father, I thank you for the fathers and I ask you to bless them and give them a good day with their families in Jesus' name. I do not want to see donuts in an hour. Please eat them all up. God bless all of you, men. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.